The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Narcissism and echoism. That's what we're talking about today on The Shalene Show. Hey, thanks for being here, by the way. I appreciate you. This is going to be interesting because I think you're going to be able to take a look at what you're seeing in social media, on TV, with politicians, celebrities, your friends, family members. And it's it just this is going to help make sense of the way a lot of people are responding or failing to respond to what's happening, whether it's about COVID or systemic racism or or just general issues, right? Like we we talked about narcissism and echoism long before these two things were at the forefront of our consciousness. That's what we're talking about today on The Shaleen Show. And it's going to be interesting, I promise you. We're not going to get that philosophical, and we're going to pull it all back to the people you know, maybe even you. First, narcissism and echoism are thought to be opposites. They're on opposite ends of an extreme spectrum. And you probably are familiar with the term narcissism and what it means to have a narcissistic personality, which is actually considered a personality disorder. In the second part of the show, I'm going to go into deeper detail on narcissism. On the other end of the spectrum, though, are what is known as echoist. And to be clear, I I don't think that this is a, a disorder that's recognized by psychologists. It's, it's kind of a concept, if you will. An echoist is someone who's afraid to make other people uncomfortable. They don't want to be uncomfortable themselves. They want to take up as little space as possible. Sometimes that means even if it's positive, right? Like they, they just, they don't like to feel sad, lonely, or scared. Echoists tend to bury their own feelings and opinions because they, they just want everything to stay the same. They want to maintain status quo in their own lives. Echoists tend to be more sensitive emotionally. They're more vulnerable, I should say, to anyone's opinion of them. Researchers suggest that people who are considered echoists are people who feel others' opinion of them very intensely. Like they they cannot let go of a, a negative comment about themselves, e- even if they know it has like zero basis in reality. Now, when people develop close relationships with narcissists, especially an echoist, they tend to bend to their needs. So if you have a narcissistic parent, you know that it's them all the time. It's everything. Like you're, you restructure your whole life to make sure that that person has everything they need not to get upset. You learn to anticipate what's going to set them off, and then you avoid it. You can almost think of someone who is an echoist as someone who's afraid to be a narcissist. It's someone who, it's like being humble to a fault. The term was coined by clinical psychologist Craig Melkin. He's a PhD, and he writes on echoism and narcissism. Here are some of the common traits of someone who is an echoist. They're afraid to take up any space. An echoist will 
avoid at all costs having the spotlight on them. Even to subtly acknowledge their accomplishments makes them feel like they're very selfish, very undeserving. They feel guilty. They, they don't want a compliment. They certainly aren't going to make a stance. So, you know, when I think about right now how there's so much, I guess you could say it, anger towards those who are being silent about their beliefs, like they, they believe Black Lives Matter. They believe that people should not be going out Whatever it is they believe, they're not going to say anything right now because they just are paralyzed by the fear of the attention on them, whether it's positive or negative. The second characteristic of someone who's an echoist or has echoist traits is they tend to have pretty low self-esteem, which is interesting because so too do narcissists. An echoist, and this sounds like a pretty noble trait, but everybody else comes first before them. They'll take care of everyone else's problems In fact, their life will revolve around fixing things for everyone else, even when it's at the cost of their own well-being. Now, because an echoist doesn't want attention, doesn't want to be it to be about them, they have needs and desires because they're a human being. But it's almost like a double standard because they take care of everybody else's needs and desires before they'll take care of their own. So they often will unfortunately, neglect themselves when it comes to taking care of themselves. Echoists tend to have very high levels of anxiety, as you can imagine, because everyone has an opinion. Everyone has beliefs. Everyone has biases. We all have judgment. We all, we have these things inside of us. But an echoist is so afraid of how that will make them appear that they will push those things down. And those things have to come out someplace. So they come out in the form of anxiety, uh, anxiety attacks, panic attacks, autoimmune disorders. Not surprisingly, echoists tend to have poor boundaries. They say yes when they mean no. They agree to disagree. They don't speak up. They don't take a side. They don't stand up. They don't don't do anything that's going to call too much attention to them. Echoists are considered to be deliberately and and intentionally self-effacing. I mean, this is the person when you meet them and you're like, oh, it's, I've heard a lot about you. You're like, oh, I I don't know who they were talking about. It wasn't me. They, They just will go out of their way and may even doggedly talk about themselves so that they can prove to you, listen, I am not self-centered. It is not about me. I'm humble. I'm just like you. Um, Don't pay attention to me. Like, I don't think I'm special. What's interesting is when we get to the part about narcissism, when I looked up things about narcissism, I guess here's the deal. We all have both of these traits. Before I go much further, you have some echoism in you and you have some narcissism in you. Where it gets dangerous is when we are an echoist or a narcissist. Like that's who we are. We all have a little, some of these traits. I I know I've done that. I know I've met someone and said, oh, psh they're the amazing one. That's so nice of you to say. Like I've tried to downplay it so that they can, I guess, for this very same reason, so that they don't form the opinion that I think highly of myself, even though I do think highly of myself because I'm a confident person. It's confusing. I think you understand the dangers are when we take these things to the extreme. An echoist lives their life by the rule that they cannot and should not ever ask anyone for help. Because they would be noticed. That would take the attention from something else someone else is working on and put it on them. And it's just an unconscious strategy to avoid 
rejection. It's an unconscious or very conscious way sometimes of distracting yourself from your own demands and worries and making sure that no one else has to worry about you too. Echoists are constantly afraid that if they have a need, it will appear to others as though they're being selfish. When it's important to speak up, when you have an opinion, when you can see that there is wrongdoing, an echoist will step back and be quiet, hoping that someone else is going to do that work for them because they can't handle the thought of either being wrong and people thinking that they're being self-centered. They can't, they can't handle the thought of having all that attention on them. And the scariest place in the world for someone who's an echoist is to be placed on a pedestal. So you will rarely, if ever, find someone who's an echoist who's an outspoken thought leader. Ain't going to happen. You will rarely see them as a guru ain't going to happen. You will rarely see them as the CEO or a a major leader, ain't going to happen. They may be in powerful circles, but rarely will they be the leader. And when it happens, almost accidentally, they are constantly apologizing for it and doing everything in their power to express their humility. This may be the first time you've ever heard that term described or explained. And I'm wondering if you see some of those traits in you at times, or are you all of those traits? Do you know other people who fall into that category of of thinking and behaving? Does it help to explain people right now who have kind of slinked back into their social media bubble and you know they've got strong opinions, you know they have beliefs, but when there is a moment to discuss it, they just don't want any attention. I hope it helps you to understand that. And most importantly, As with everything on the show, I hope it helps you to understand yourself and the people you love a little better, maybe to even give some some empathy. But on the opposite side of echoism is narcissism. Now, as I started to do the research for this, I realized I had already done a podcast on this in 2015. So I pulled it up and I listened to it and I'm like, this all stands true, thankfully, and, and that's a good thing. But probably now more than ever, when you listen to this, because I'm going to play you some clips from that 2015 episode on narcissism, I want you to think of it in terms of gurus, social media gurus, personal development gurus, politicians, celebrities, outspoken thought leaders. And I, my hope is at the end of this episode, you can see how unhealthy it is to be on either end of the spectrum, but that we all have some of each of these characteristics and qualities. It's important we keep them in check, and it's also important that we identify them in other people so that we can we can find the happy medium for ourselves, so we can come together. It's not healthy to be on either end of the spectrum, but with understanding, we can start to identify these traits in ourselves and others. All right, let's talk about narcissism. The purpose of this podcast is to talk about narcissism. No one would ever want to think of themselves as a narcissist. Obviously, there's a big difference between being a narcissist and being someone who's diagnosed as having a narcissist personality disorder. Quite different. But narcissism as a trait, an overinflated ego, a belief that you're more important than you really are. A belief that people are more interested in you than they should be other people. It's a dangerous thing 
to have happen. But yet, by the same token, it's kind of our goal, right? Like my business grows the more I can get people to pay attention to what I'm doing in social media. And that's weird, I guess. I mean, it is. Because as I'm looking through at some of the quizzes online today in preparation for this podcast, I was answering these questions and I'm thinking, well, gosh, I'm answering this as honestly as I possibly can, but I kind of want to put a little asterisk by it and say, but I have to, because that's how I get the word out. That's how I make sure people know I've got a podcast and that's how I can help people. But it teeters on the border sometimes. And I just have to be like super honest right now and tell you in preparation for this podcast, I was like, you know what? I have been guilty of some of these thoughts. Why would I think people would find it interesting to watch a video or a live stream of me doing fill in the blank when I don't want to watch that of most people? Like, I mean, there's 0.1% of the population I might want to, maybe even higher than that, maybe 5%. No, no, 1%. Yeah, one out of every 100 people, that's realistic, right? So who am I to think that's interesting to other people? And it's forced me to reflect on how much time I spend cultivating real life connections, my real life friends. By real life, I mean people who I've spent time with. I've gone through something difficult in my life with them or I've been there when they had to go through something. And how much time in recent years... I spend building these big networks, right? Like followings, if you will. I mean, there's no other way to call it except for it's a shallow connection. I just mean that they're not deep connections. These aren't the people who we can call in the middle of the night and say, I need you right now. But yet I'm going to cut myself a little slack here too. And the people who came to mind for me, I thought to myself, well, geez, I haven't spent much time with them because they're kind of doing the same thing. We're all so busy building these large networks, these connections online, that it's difficult to find time for your true friendships, the people you can really rely upon. I believe as social media gets bigger and more persuasive and faster, and by faster, I mean the connection part of it that live streaming video, like there's no way to deny that live streaming video expedites the process of feeling like you know someone. I believe the bigger that gets, the lonelier people are going to feel. Like Trey Pennington, someone who had hundreds of thousands of fans yet in his final days felt so alone. And I think it's most dangerous for people who have a difficult time connecting with people in real life. Ironically, the goal of social media is attention and we can't escape it. I mean, you're listening to a podcast. This is a piece. This is a form of social media. It's via social media that we expand our thoughts. We take in new knowledge. We learn about opportunities and we meet people. But in order for people to pass along a podcast or share with you a Facebook post, The end goal is to seek other people's attention. It's self-promotion, which we just have to be aware at some point that it can really lead to a dangerous level of narcissism, which is a very dangerous weapon. And most at risk are people who have a very fragile sense of self-worth. They're usually deeply wounded, 
Oftentimes they have things that make them feel as though they are inadequate. So by promoting themselves and putting together the right posts, the right images, the right highlight reels, the right everything, they're able to promote themselves in a way that kind of puffs up their ego, kind of like a blowfish, so that you won't notice that you could eat them. So for a lot of people, it's just a way to appear more accomplished, more successful, more worldly, or more, in other words. These are the people who collect the click. They want to be worshipped as opposed to lead a group of people. They don't want to be a part of something. They want to be the head of it. They want their minions to engage with each other, and they do a lot of things to stroke their own ego, even though there's a slippery slope between self-promotion and becoming a narcissist, they're pretty easy to spot because they rarely want you to notice anything other than them. And they will attack and be aggressive and ask all of the other minions or lifers or supporters to agree with them that this person or this tactic is bad. And they'll spend a great deal of time making sure that everybody agrees that I'm right. Everybody is clear that we're just looking at me. They're very rarely lifting one person up who might be able to steal their thunder. They really don't want anyone to go above them because they habitually want to be on that pedestal. They need all of the attention. You know I love to give you either something to think about or something to do. I just want to give you something to think about, whether it's self-reflection or taking a look at some of the people online that you feel like you're in a relationship with. So what are some of the most potentially dangerous signs of someone with characteristics of a narcissistic personality disorder? Number one, it's a one-way street. They want the conversation focused on them. They usually lack empathy for other people. They're imposters and they're so caught up in pretending to be something that they're not that they get wrapped up in their own drama and they always lack the ability to see things from another person's perspective. These type of narcissists are obsessed with rank, status, recognition, how many followers they have. It's a boast fest. And they'll stop at nothing to get more of it. They always need to be in the limelight no matter what's happening. These type of narcissists are incredibly defensive and hypersensitive to any opinion that varies from theirs. And they're hypersensitive and defensive about anything that feels like criticism. These people tend to protect their own self-esteem by launching into attacks on anyone who might disagree with them. They will publicly criticize them and then try to get everybody else involved just so that we can all be clear, I'm right and those other people are wrong. And it's almost like a warning, like, and don't you dare try to disagree with me either or this could happen to you. Narcissists tend to indulge themselves in acts of, exhibition. So that means these are the people who they tend to think everything about themselves and their lives is interesting. So they'll just do absolutely anything, sometimes at a risk of exposing too much. You'll 
hear the phrase, quote unquote, drop their pants or all press is good press, meaning like it doesn't matter how bad it is, as long as people are talking about me, then I've got everyone's attention. So they'll open up sometimes about areas of their past or things that they've done in a way that's not helpful or healing to others, but it's just to grab everyone's attention. Or they'll engage in these histrionic battles where they pick one thing and it becomes their battle cry so that everybody can get behind it. These type of individuals are not forgiving. They have arch enemies and they're not going to let you forget about it. It's all or nothing. So these are the folks who will go on Twitter and battle with someone and they'll never, ever, ever forget what this person said to them. And lastly, and this one's pretty important, the most dangerous type of narcissist doesn't want you to look at or follow anyone else. No matter how well aligned their views, their style, their personality, or anything else is, they, they just do not want you to pay attention to anyone but them. And so they demand loyalty on the part of their fans and followers. It feels like betrayal. It feels like you're back in fourth grade. They want everyone to declare whose team they're on or they will quote unquote get on the bad list. These are clearly not team players. They're not rooting for everybody else. This is a team of one. Dr. Linda Martinez-Louis, she's the author of the book, High Level Narcissism. She wrote this. The narcissist experience of emotional emptiness is beyond longing or sadness. It's a severe and intractable wounding, a pain so savage and so deep that it seems intolerable to them. The psychological landscape of the narcissist is bleak. He has no inner resource to sustain himself. He cannot turn to himself or others for real affection or solace. Although he enjoys the transient loyalty of dedicated followers, there's no one who he really feels cares about him. Isn't that interesting? That's taking from a snippet of her book written in 2010. The question is, what do we do about it? Well, number one, we've just got to be self-aware. It was a good eye-opening experience for me to go through the preparation for this podcast and look at my own behaviors and kind of put myself in check and realize some of the stuff I am doing and question myself and saying, why am I doing it? I say it's because it builds my business and it does. And is that the honest answer? I truly want you to look at everyone and anyone who can make your life better. If there's someone who knows more and inspires you, that's why I'm always introducing you to people who I get that from. So that's my little checks and balance. It's about self-awareness, awareness of how you are interpreting people following you in social media, how you are using social media to build awareness and to draw attention to others and to spread your word and to help to serve, really to make sure that you're serving people. And then I think part of that self-awareness is to be mindful of the people that you're following and to always know that that's a really good test. Like, is this person serving others or are they really just trying to serve themselves? Brett Borders wrote an article in December of 2009, Why Narcissist Personality Disorders Love Social Media. He writes, The narcissist selectively chooses an inner circle of others who will resonate with their vision of self. 
the successful narcissist creates an intricate matrix of positive feedback in the form of fans, friends, followers, and partners who will fulfill their endless needs. When the source of these ego awards, comments, accolades, retweets, etc. become unavailable or fail, the narcissist will experience intense feelings of emptiness, then anger, then rage. He cautions, if you don't need or really want anything from the social media narcissist, once you've identified that you're dealing with one, it's best to be cordial and distant from them. Keep firm boundaries. Stay far away. Don't get drawn into their charisma. Don't get drawn into their charismatic web of illusion. If they attack you, don't attack back. Recognition and awareness of this painful yet common disorder in social media can save you a lot of annoyance and grief. Amen, amen, amen. It's hard sometimes. You know, we all want to be liked and accepted. We all want people to agree with us. But we have to remember it doesn't define us. We don't have relationships with these people. We can support them. We can get behind them. We can retweet them. We can share their broadcast. We can ask others to do the same for us. For me, the lesson learned in reviewing all of this and giving a lot of thought is to just always ask myself, does this serve me or does it serve other people? And listen, I'm not Mother Teresa. There's plenty of things I put out there because I'm like, okay, people are going to find this funny and that's going to serve them in the form of entertainment. But it serves me too because I like it when people say, this video made my day. It strokes my ego when someone says, I've never laughed so hard or you're the funniest person or you're my best friend. I love that. Like, I would be so lying if I didn't say that makes me feel good. But ultimately, the litmus test for me and I think this is how I'm going to look at people that I follow to is to just keep asking myself, is their goal to serve? Ultimately, is their goal to serve others? And if the answer is yes, then I'm going to stick around. Which, by the way, thanks for sticking around today. Lifers, I'm a lifer to you. I am devoted to you because together we make a difference. So until we have a chance to spend this time together again soon, I just want you to know, truly, you are the bomb.com. Hi, Shaleen. My name is Candy, and I've been an avid listener of yours for years. And most recently during this lockdown period, I've actually been going back and re-listening to many of your podcasts because I feel like no matter what point in time, you can learn something from them. But this morning, on my morning walk, your most recent podcast on how to feel more positive resonated with me. During this time, my husband actually 18 days ago went into surgery at UCLA Hospital for a very routine removal of an insulinoma. And since then, there have been a lot of complications, a lot of issues, and it's been hard. In the middle of COVID and everything else going on in the world, my husband and I have been really struggling with this. And what I needed to hear you say today was about self-care. I'm on my walk and I stop. And it's beautiful scenery out in California. We don't live in California. And I stood there and I said to myself, what can I do to take care of me? Because if I don't take care of me, I can't take care of anybody else around me. So I want to just thank you for the reminder and how much I appreciate it. And I needed it today. 
And I know there's somebody else out there struggling and needed it too. So thank you for being that voice. Thank you. Thank you.